Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome back to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about yo-yoing, or more precisely, how to stop yo-yoing, or a couple of different approaches, I guess. It's still going to be an individual approach based upon what's really happening for the person, but when it comes to yo-yoing, and this is partially a topic for another podcast that I want to go into, um, but really what happens is people attempt to change the environment or they attempt to change the behaviors um, in order to, or, or either way, they change the behaviors to change the environment or they change the environment to try and change the behavior. What I'm going to be talking about today is actually looking at the thinking behind all of this. So yes, we can change the environment. Yes, we want to change the behavior. But let's first make sure that we're actually dealing with the problem behind the problem. Because more often than not, the yo-yoing, and, and to give you a, a more in-depth uh, explanation of what I mean by yo-yoing, it's kind of like the go all in or nothing, right? And that's really interesting because a lot of people will commonly wear it like a badge of honor where they're like, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. Well, it's a lot of nothing in that, <laughs> right? I'm all or nothing. It's like, that's good. It's good to be all in, but it's also really, really good to have some gray, and so when we start looking at this yo-yoing approach and where people go all in and then something changes and they're all out all over again and they fall off the bandwagon, what are the common thinking patterns that are actually driving that? And how do we actually start to identify that? How do we you know, recognize that, see through that, and then create change long-term? And so this is where, yes, of course, we want a behavioral, behavioral change. Yes, that might mean environment and also culture or support or community. It could mean all of those things. But fundamentally, what is the problem? What's the value behind a particular pattern of thinking that's driving that kind of behavior? Because you may change the environment and it may not change anything because you're still there with the same value, right? And it means also that if you you might change the environment and you might get a result for a period of time, but as soon as you're back to whatever environment is triggering that kind of yo-yoing within you, you're going to go back to a default pattern. So I remember years and years ago, a friend of mine, uh, she wanted to stop drinking. So she's like, I'm just not going to go out. I'm not going to go out. That way I'm not in positions where I feel like I need a drink. And she was all or nothing. She, If she was out, she's like, oh, I'll have a wine. And then next thing she's having heaps of wines. And so what happened is that she had a she got great results. She stopped drinking for a period of time and she was able to maintain that as long as she wasn't going out. As soon as she went back out and socialized and did that type of thing, even though she had changed the environment to get a result and she got a physical result and, hey, look, I'm, I achieved this goal and then I go back to normality and everything goes back to how it was before. And so what happens is that we're looking at a change in behavior by changing the environment, but we're not actually changing anything long term because the software back in that environment, software meaning the way that we make meaning, back into that environment goes back to exactly what it was doing before. So that's why understanding our meaning making and our patterns of thinking can play a fundamental role in really dealing with the problem behind the symptom of yo-yoing in this case. So I've got a couple of examples. I've got some notes here that I'm going to talk through as well. Um, the other things that can, you may see with when it comes to yo-yoing is go hard or go home and there's a lot of going home, right? All or nothing. The other one is like the person's following this procedure and then something happens and plans change and everything goes out the window, right? They fall off the bandwagon. So they had this system, they had a plan and it was working and then something changed and life happened and then, you know, here I am again. Or another one is that the conditions were never perfect. 
So they started, but the conditions were never perfect, so they kind of gave up. It was almost skeptical to some degree. Um, and they're really three of the main things that can play a large role in people yo-yoing. Uh, what's really interesting is that a lot of the time they're dependent upon external events, right? They're, they're dependent upon external factors outside of our own control. And if those things occur, then I then end up going back to yo-yoing or going back to hard or home and a lot of home, or I go back to a particular old pattern of behavior because of these external things. So it's like, hang on a sec, how can I take ownership back of this? How can I take back on my own power of going, what's my actual goal here? What am I trying to achieve? And, and what's it got to take to be able to get me there as well? So the, the common practice of motivating someone of, once again, changing their environment. Now that can look like changing gyms, changing where I live, changing workplaces, going on a holiday, right? It could be any of those where we're looking at changing an external environmental factor that may lead to a result as mentioned before, yet it's likely not going to deal with what's really going on in the software on the inside. And so when we look at these examples, I can almost directly tie a particular pattern of thinking to that. Now, when I say patterns of thinking, I'm leaning on Michael Hall's work here. Dr. Michael Hall, he's uh, there's a book behind me, it's orange, it's called Figuring Out People, but he's got this system called Metaprograms. It's something that I lean on a lot, it's something that I'm going to continue talking to a lot. Uh, another guy called Arne Mouse, he's got a particular program or, or body of work called Cognitive Intentions, which has actually got a phenomenal... Um, uh, tool associated with that called the identity compass which really objectively measures the value we hold on particular patterns of thinking and these two bodies of work i lean on a lot um i I refer to them if i say thinking patterns i'm talking about either one of them i'm kind of talking about both because i can borrow from either or and these patterns of thinking these cognitive intentions actually show up in both bodies of work and so let's go back and have a look at a couple i mentioned before about going hard or going home the all or nothing this is commonly known as a black and white approach. And so if you think about a thinking pattern, the other end of this or the other uh, scale of this, because it's literally called scale, is looking at a continuum. So there's a lot of gray. But when it's black and white and there's a value behind, like I'm all or nothing, you know, this is how it is, I'm all in or I'm not in, like it, that particular black and white, this or that, can be really powerful in many areas of life. But the question worth considering is, where is this actually holding me back? And so with this lack of actually going, hang on a sec, there's some gray here. We need some flexibility with this thinking and this approach. Maybe when I go to the gym today, I don't have to go as hard. I can just meet it where I'm at today. We use a framework here with our training called RPI, not RPE, RPI, Rate of Preemptive Intensity. What that means is as you're warming up and you're, you're feeling out the movements and you're feeling in your body, it's like, where am I at today? Where am I at mentally? Where am I at physically? How much sleep did I get? You know, how am I feeling as I'm moving? And then looking at the workout that you're going to go through and go, what, what do I have in me? What rate out of 100, let's say 100%, right? 70%, 65%, what rate of intensity should I be approaching this workout with? And when we can have something like that, it opens up this massive ability to see this progression long-term as opposed to this black and white do or don't um, type of approach. And that can help with yo-yoing. Let's look at the next one. So when we look at something like the procedure and the plans change, right? I've got this procedure. If anything fucks with this plan, then I don't know what to do. 
And so another pattern of thinking that's associated with this is literally procedures and options. Now, I've worked with people where they, in, in coaching, they need everything they think they need, everything written down to a T when it comes to their recipe for what they need to cook. And if it doesn't tell them what brand of olive oil to buy, they don't know what to do. They cannot see the options and do not trust the internal authority to make a decision so that procedure's out the window. And that's an example of the structure of thinking. That same structure I saw within their career and pointed it to to them where they're just like, you know, I was meant to be doing this, but then the job fell through. Now, I, you know, I, I don't know what I need to be doing, so I just go home each night. It's like, can you see how you had a procedure? Something fucked with the procedure. You can't see the other options, so you just revert back to going home again. It's like, oh my God, I didn't see that. And so what happens commonly is people have this procedure, right? This plan, training plan, diet, nutrition, this way of being. And as soon as something changes, it kind of fucks with that for them and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to go, hang a sec, what what are the other options here that I can approach this with? I'm injured, hypothetically. How else can I maintain some momentum and keep moving forward regardless of my current situation? And so you can grab that concept. How can I maintain momentum regardless of my situation? Um, But considering my life conditions at this point in time, to be able to continue moving forward, even though I can't follow the plan or the procedure to a T. That's some flexibility with procedures and options. Can you see that? Then we look at conditions aren't perfect. So this is goal striving. So yet another meta program or pattern of thinking. And there's three parts to this, right? We've got um, perfectionism, skepticism, and optimization. And what's really interesting when we look at goal striving and the way that we actually approach these types of goals, we strive for our goals. Perfectionism, people usually actually don't start. Funnily enough, they're constantly waiting and attempting to make every single thing perfect that they can't start. So have you heard the quote before, perfectionists die with their dreams. And a lot of the time is because they're constantly waiting for the perfect moment to go after what they're going to do. It doesn't exist. The perfect moment never exists. Well, it, it kind of does because now is always the perfect moment. It may not be the perfect moment to start all the time, but what it means by is like the universe didn't make this moment incorrectly, right? It's this condition that we look at things with going, it's not the perfect moment. Yet when we actually step back and... Um, look at the situation by going, how do I start with where I'm at with what I've got access to? Like, how can I not be reliant upon resources, but rather, how can I be resourceful and just optimize where I'm starting in order to get to where I want to go? That is completely different than this perfectionist attitude. And that over time is what gets you progression. The other side of it is a skepticism. And usually skeptics don't start either. Um, And perfectionists never finish, but skeptics don't start because they're like, what's the point? I'm not going to get it anyway right? I'm not going to make it. So there's no point in starting and they layer it heavily with skepticism. It's not just the same as um, pessimism. It's literally skeptical. Like, why should I start? It's never going to work. Competitive perfectionists might start, but they never really finish or never really hand in their finished manuscript or anything along those lines. That'd be a metaphor because it's not perfect. Optimize. Where am I at? How can I be resourceful with what's within me and what's around me? And that's three ways so looking at those again we've got procedures and options we have black and white and continuum thinking so grayscale and then we've got goal striving with our optimization those are three fundamental ways that we can actually step back gain some flexibility with our thinking and start dealing with the problem underneath the solution right the problem behind the problem in the value that we hold in those particular things so a couple of questions i'm going to leave you with that's worth considering if you're related to any of those patterns of thinking is this is helping to build awareness what could I be missing? When looking at what you're relating to and looking at the situation, if you are yo-yoing, 
It's simply taking an approach of what could I be missing here, right? It's taking a step back out. For me, it's outside of Dave Nixon, stepping back and looking and going, what could I be missing? Do I have permission to try on the other side? Do I have permission to have flexibility with black and white thinking? Do I have permission to be able to have flexibility of seeing and trying the options? Do I have permission to be a beginner? Do I have permission to suck at something? Right? These are really important, powerful questions. And then last is looking at what is a conscious practice for where I'm at? And so, for example, with the black and white thinking, it's actually trying on something like the RPI, rate of preemptive intensity. Okay. If I wasn't to go hard or go home or all or nothing, how could I approach this? And do I have a uh, ability to have some flexibility with my approach with this? It doesn't have to always be lick the stamp and send it. With options and procedures, it's stepping back and going, okay, if I can't follow the procedure, what could another option be? Can you see how I'm, I'm offering questions for this? Because questions open up and allow us to be more resourceful, which feeds into the last one of optimization of going, um, am I okay with being with where I'm at and just starting with where I'm at? And also finishing with where I'm at. And if the answer is no, then what do I need to change on the inside to get a change on the outside? And team, that's me done. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you found this podcast beneficial, it would mean the world to me. If you'd pass it on to someone else that you think would find it beneficial, you can find out all about our retreats and our training, um, my book, all of that in the show notes. Check them out there. Uh, Otherwise, that's me done. I'm out. Until next time, peace and pizza. I'll see you soon.